This episode of The Ajima Show is sponsored by Backblaze. Get an unlimited computer backup for Macs or PCs for just six bucks a month. Backup documents, music, photos, videos, drawing, podcasts, projects, all your data. Restore files anywhere you have internet. And even if you are just off the grid, we can have an overnight hard drive to you with your backup on it. Over 40 billion files restored. Get yourself a free fully featured trial at backblaze.com backslash cpc please make sure you visit backblaze.com backslash cpc so they know where you came from and continue to support the show below go there play with it start protecting yourself from potential bad times start today this is our number two second recording of the exact same episode yeah <laughs> of the same episode <laughs> i sent out a tweet saying like hey guys we're working on the episode please don't uh panic <laughs> meanwhile me and you're panicking and we're back in the studio a day later because um, mostly because technology is unreliable. Yeah, and truly, this is the reason why robots will never take over never. humans. Yeah, they will never ever be smarter than us. And this, this is, is why. the other part. Just like politicians, robots and files can be corrupted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I see you've been uh, uh, staying on top of the impeachment hearings, salivating over these uh, impeachment. I'm like one of those people now that like is yelling at the radio. That's what this has <laughs> done to me. Okay, so you're doing it through the radio. Video? Oh, 100%. If I watched it, I would go insane. Are you kidding me? I've been watching it with my eyeballs, and I am fucking triggered. Yeah. This I'm seeing all those white men in suits. All, some of them without a suit jacket. Fucking Jim Jordan's ball. ass needs to get a yes. fucking suit jacket from Brooks Brothers or Nordstrom Rack something, honey, because he does not look professional. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I know, do you think he's doing that because he's he feels like he wants to be like cool? He's like the cool teacher. It's a flagrant display of disrespect. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Do shit like that. I think it's like a flagrant display of disrespect. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, 100%. Yeah. I, well, these hearings last night, yesterday was, uh, I don't know if you guys, listeners, if you're watching or listening to the impeachment hearings, but it is absolutely fascinating. The amount of rule and uh, of law uh, that we have completely rejected mm-hmm. and the, the moral fabric of our nation, of our existence just completely being tested distress test it's frayed it's frayed it's this shit is threadbare threadbare it the the amount that the republicans are flip-flopping on the defense of donald j trump jesus christ one day it's gonna come out everything's gonna come out we're gonna see why they're all backing his ass do Mm -hmm. they you think they all have compromise on them oh you i this is what i think I think that um, it's one of those situations where it's a brown shirt situation. There's plenty of people that d- probably in behind closed doors 100% disagree. 100% yeah. knows that this is wrong. Yeah. And, and because they are on this team, cannot say that. And that's, I think that's wh- what is happening. That is, the de- that is to the detriment of our country, this idea of partisanship. That's yeah. what's actually being that's what that is what is happening here. And well, like they the, do yeah. say the analysts are saying that if there was a Senate vote in private, mm-hmm. that they would we would get the votes we needed to impeach yes. and convict. Yes. But because it's public, they can't they don't have the spine for it. 
No, no. And, and we've had um, Republican Congress people leave the party because shit's too corrupt. It's too so, much. So I, I don't understand why. If I was a Democrat and I, I there was a Democratic president in charge and he was like corrupt as fuck like Donald Trump, which mm-hmm. I can never see happening because just the amount of loyalty in the Democratic Party just doesn't exist. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Liberals we, do love to turn a coat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't run like that. We're very like, we pride ourselves in being intellectual and logical. Yes. You know, the We're liberati. We love to We're stick snowflakes. out. We love to stand out. <laughs> <laughs> we love to be special. We love we to be w- right. Yeah, yeah we no. want to help others. And, and there's plenty of flaws within the DNC. I'm not disputing that. Of but course. the way that this shit is falling out is of absolute shame. Like the how much there's just so many times when you can see the diplomats and the witnesses just simply utterly baffled by the questions. Like, what right. are you even talking about? Yeah. Like, I am a friend of Trump. And I'm saying this because I felt compelled to because this is not right. Literally, Sondland was yeah. like, I like the guy. I like yeah. him. We're, we we're like, cool. We hang. We <laughs> yeah. hang. But That's this isn't bro. the way to do it. Yeah. And oh he was like, God. but this, this shit ain't right. It's like he is the frat brother that like decides tonight. You know, he's like, oh, I'm not going to roofie that girl. You know, like he's he's hanging. He's down. Yeah. He's at yeah. the party. But he's yeah. like, yo, no, that's actually fucked up. I'm not going to do that. Actually, I'm not that much of a fucking yeah. asshole. And it's I'm like, not it's, a demon. And it's like, and everyone's like, well, you were at the party. And weren't there other rapes occurring that evening? I don't know. Like, it's like, what does that even have to do with this shit? Like, what are we talking about? And also Donald Trump's camp's like, well, he was going to roofie her, but he didn't. Someone, so kind of cool. Someone kinda called kinda cool. him out. Yes. <laughs> someone was like, hey, you're roofing. And then I stopped. So what the fuck? Why are you it's, angry? It, you know, <laughs> the, the whole attitude about it, it's like I was, I was trying to explain to Saul today what was happening. Mm. And <laughs> I was like, they, they, there was a fire. And, there was a, uh, and a fire was about to enter the n- other building, right? And everyone in the building was saying, hey, shit is getting too hot and there is a fire. And now everyone is saying, like, what, because everyone got out safe, p- Republicans are saying, man, there was no fire. And the thing is, like, the, all of the signs and all of the sort of implied things, it was like, there is a huge fucking fire. And it's by the grace of a few patriots that we didn't, that didn't happen, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's absolutely ludicrous to imply that there was no fire. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 completely lunacy. And the amount that we are subjected, I mean, I don't know who's watching C-SPAN as much as my house is because Eric is like sick in the head. You know what I mean? Like his two That's favorite channels. That's how I channel- know his ass is a masochist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His two favorite channels are C-SPAN 1 and C-SPAN 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is... I, and I keep thinking, like, you know what? You really need to go into politics because you have the face for it. You have the demeanor does, for it. It does. Yeah. Like, it's like, like Mayor Mayor Pete, like, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Be, yeah, LB could do it. You fucking stunted hit husky. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> what a drag. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to tell you something. Speaking of um, fires, yesterday, okay. <laughs> Wait, also, wait, we do have to, we're going to try to promote, because we're going to try to recreate oh, the oh, magic yes. of, the, like, the episode that was lost. I'm so but. flustered. 12-12-19, LA, Ajima Show, live. Check it out. Please reserve. Please reserve. Thursday night, 
Okay, what 8 p.m. What are you doing on a Thursday? Okay, there's no must-see TV on NBC, and if if there was, you're you don't have NBC. Okay, you're watching it on Hulu next day. We know it. Roku, Roku that shit. <laughs> so Thursday, December twelfth. Uh, 2019, the year of our Lord. Unji Kim will be here in LA. She'll fly here from Chicago. Oh, it's direct. Oh my God, I can't believe. Where are you That's flying into? It. LAX or Burbank? LAX, LAX. Yeah. Uh, a rookie mistake. Next time, next time, yeah, next time, pay the hundred twenty dollars to come to Burbank because it is so <laughs> worth it. Um, okay. Anyway, so we will be at the Comedy Central uh, Central stage. If you haven't reserved tickets yet, honey, I'm very disappointed. Yeah. But I'm not angry, okay? No. We are not angry. We're just very disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> so Which Thanksgiving is a joke seven. that we had in the <laughs> <laughs> You guys, it, this, is, this is the reason why comedy needs to be a live experience. Yeah, it just can't. It's lightning in a bottle, you know? But you guys should be impressed at how well Peter and I are like going to act surprised at the things that we have to say to each other. <laughs> we are stepping through it. Um, so, yeah, go to ComedyCentralStage.com. Or if you if you want, you could go to our Twitter, Ajma Show. Um, or we have Instagram now at Ajma Show. And both on, our bi- on those bios is the Eventbrite link. It's completely free. You just have to sign up, reserve, and then you'll get a reminder. Put it in your calendars. Honestly, I know all of us. We're busy. Okay, we live in LA. There's a lot of stuff to do, but this is going to be the event to end all event. So please Ugh, come. You know it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now. So last night, you know I've been uh, packing my shows in. Oh, you have. I have a singular focus to be on Conan by March. You're so dreaming out loud. I am dreaming out loud, and I am taking the necessary micro steps to get to my goal. And one of those steps have been packing my nights with shows. So yeah, uh, I mean, last you've night. You've been doing it. I've been, and it's been going really well. And um, last night I had a show with Tien Tran, mm-hmm. f- uh, fellow Gaijin. Yeah. And um, we decided to put up a show called OK Sis at the UCB. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it went really, really well. That's it's great. the first time she and I have ever hosted anything together or have done any stand up or comedy together. Uh-huh. We've been on lineups plenty of times. Sure. But we've never done, you know, done a hosting set together. And we just kind of like went over the beats. Kind of like when you and uh, you and I did Ajima show in Chicago, we had never right. done a show together. So we just kind of like went over the beats, got up there and then killed it. Yes. And it was such like it was so magical that I was like, "Oh my god, this is the highest point in my career that I can just go and do something with someone I like. And it's so easy. And I, 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 we, we, you and I have already experienced it, but it was not as surprising with you and I, because we do this podcast every week, albeit from two different cities in two different rooms, but we still have a dynamic and a zhuzh, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, she and I just hasn't have never worked like that before. So it was extra surprising, and we, it was I was, like, riding high, and there were so many people there, so a lot of Chicago people there, and people were like, let's go hang out. And I was like, oh, my God, guys, I'm so sorry. I have a set down the street. No. And I, yeah, and they all looked at me like I was crazy, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, honey, I'm so sorry. I got to do this thing. And, like, there was a part of me that I was like, oh, sorry, can't hang out. Booked and busy, you know? <laughs> But, hubris you know, hubris <laughs> at that moment i should have known you know <laughs> pride comes before the fall mm. and i i said sorry sorry and then i like rushed over to my set and it was at this bar and um it was it, it was a pretty good lineup 
And I was like, okay, well, I'm about to do some stand-up in front of some cool people. This is going to be great. And then the first two comics go up. They do good. And I was like, okay, great. I've been working on this new 10. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try it out. And I go up and I do my first joke. Hits. And I'm like, fuck yeah, feeling good. And then all of a sudden, three people show up. And they sit in the front. In the middle of your set? in 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 the beginning, after my first joke. Literally, I did my first joke, intro joke. You know, my ass looks like blah, 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 blah. And everyone's like, bah, 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 bah. and then <laughs> and then they come in and I was like, oh, hey, guys, welcome. Join us. You know, acknowledging them, it, it, you know, uh, folding them into the set, of into course, the room. You're a you present. Know. You're a pro. I'm a pro. Yeah. Consummate. So mm. I and then they sit down and immediately uh, it, there's like a weirdness between the three of them. It's almost like, mm, shall I say gutter punky? Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah like was it a free th- show or is $5? Free show. Okay. And so already I was like, okay, is this, okay. what's this yeah. going to be? Like, uh, they seem just crawled out of the gutter to go <laughs> to the show. Yeah, cool. I see. But they, they were exactly like kind of, oh, there was one white gutter punk uh-huh. and the other two were vaguely Asian. You know, <laughs> so I was like, no, they can't be gutter punks. Like, there are no Asian gutter punks. That's a, <laughs> We have more pride than that. You know what I mean? Sure, like, we're just regular punks. We're house punks. <laughs> <laughs> we're indoor punks. Yeah, we're straight edge punks. Um, so, but they were definitely on some. You know what I mean? You can tell like the eyes weren't fixated correctly. Okay. Like there was just like a thousand yard stare. So I was like, ooh, okay, this is, this might be hard. So I'm like, and then I just start like doing my They're like fucked up on drugs, not just drunk. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I couldn't tell like what drug, you know, sure. like, and I usually I can't. You know? yes. So like, <laughs> uh, so they true. sit down and she immediately goes, what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and she's completely angry. And I was like, uh, ma'am, this is a comedy show. You just came in. So yeah. And she was like, okay, then tell me a joke. No. And I was like, I'm about to. I was yeah. about to. And you sat down and you started screaming. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just like, um, like just turns around, basically put, turns her back towards me. And I was wow. like, okay. And then I was like, ma'am, like, where are you from? Like, where'd you just come from? And she was like, and she just looks at me and she goes, just do your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And and the guy next to her, the other vaguely Asian person, like yeah. grabs her arm and is like, come on, stop that. You know, like just like yeah, yeah. Be, being like, Shh, stop. And I was like, okay, no, 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 it's okay. It's fine. You know, because I'm like, hey, I've, I'm a pro. I could fucking handle a heckler, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I go into my next joke and it kind of gets a laugh. And then um, do you know Marlena Rodriguez? From yes. Chicago, she used to be on Blue Girl. She was there. Uh, she's on the lineup, and she 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 laughs. She goes ha ha ha, and then the lady goes, "What a fucking ugly laugh!" What? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! And the whole time, I'm like, "Oh my god, this isn't happening. This isn't happening." This is and I, and a damaged I, person. Truly, uh, out of her head. Yeah. And I'm now I'm getting pissed because not only is she interrupting me, she's attacking the rest of the audience. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And I asked her, I was like, ma'am, that's so mean. Like, come on. Like, yeah. she was like, well, she has an ugly laugh. And I was like, OK, let me hear your laugh. And then I put the mic to her mouth and she was like, you would if you made me laugh. Wow, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm like, okay, you're you right, bitch. Oh, got it. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> and then at that point, like a switch flipped in my head and I was like, okay, no one Mr. Nice Guy. I'm going to fucking drag this bitch to hell. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was going to come up in here and get dragged by a lady with an undercut. <laughs> and then the bitch turns around to me and she goes, I have an undercut because I have cancer. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> oh my God! No! And then my eyes go, <laughs> and then I'm looking out to the audience. The audience is like, don't come to us. I don't know how to help you here. And I was like, oh my God, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm not okay. And I was like, Okay, yeah. well, you know what? I'm glad that you're out because, you know, hey, you know, laughter is the best medicine. You know, I'm just like trying to de-escalate the situation. I'm like, oh, my God. And I was like, you okay. You just shattered a huge pitcher of milk and you're just staring at the <laughs> just, I'm like, oh. So, and then like she like has these like really big black frame glasses. So she like puts him on her head. So I was like, oh, you know what? You actually look like, and I, at this point, I'm like, oh, my God, she has cancer. I'm already, yeah. like, feeling like an asshole. So I was like, you know what? Oh, my God, you look like a celebrity. And she's like, who? And I was like, have you ever watched The Incredibles? You know that little lady who makes their, their suits? And then everybody, they all laugh. Yeah, like, yeah, everyone yeah. laughs because they're like, oh, fun reference. And also, dispel the fucking yes, tension in the room, the you know? <laughs> so tense. So everybody laughs. They're like, ah. And then because they laugh, she gets angry. No. Yeah. And she ch takes off the glasses. They're, she's like, they're not even real. And then she like throws them. Throws them? Yeah. And I was like, okay. So this is like a very distraught person with no like, she, she's obviously sick, right? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. in the head, not cancer. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so I go, you know what? I don't know what the fuck is up with you like you just got in here but you're clearly already drunk and i looked to the uh bartender i was like cut her off you yeah. know what i mean like <laughs> just like making a joke on her expense and then she goes i'm not drunk and i was like okay and then she goes i am native american though oh no and i was like oh my god i was like what oh god, and she's like are you saying all native americans are um drinkers that we're all drunk <laughs> no. And I was like, no. What, uh, um, no, that's not, I, I'm, I didn't even know you were Native. I thought you were vaguely Asian. I thought you were Filipino, honestly. She's like, well, I'm, I'm one quarter Yakima and three quarters the fuck you don't even know. You haven't even heard of the tribes. Wow. And, then I, and I was just like, uh, and then I looked to the guy, the other like vaguely Asian guy. And he goes, yeah, yeah it's true. We're both, she's my sister. We're both Native <sighs> American. And I was like. Oh my God. God. And then I get the light and for two more minutes, and then I was about to be like, all right, well, fuck me in my set. Bye. I was about yeah. to just leave, but I was like, there was a part of me that was like, no, bitch, stick through it. You just so gotta I, sit in that bottom, rock bottom. Yeah. And for two more minutes, I kept doing crowd work with her. No, and man. she kept saying, get off the stage. She kept telling you to get off the stage? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay, your wish is my command. Bye. <laughs> and I left the stage. And then the worst thing happened after that. Because, you know, like all the comics are going, fuck, shut up, shut up, whatever, yeah. right? And then the owner of the bar comes over, whispers to them, and they kick them out. <gasps> so they got kicked out 
they came in for my set and then got kicked out right after my set. And all the other comics were like, whoa, that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) They got that wasn't my set. (laughs) I was so fucking embarrassed. I could not. My face turned like ghost white. And I was like, I have to get out of here. And I like messaged the booker. I was like, I'm so sorry. I have to go and put like some garbage Chinese food in my mouth right now because I'm so depressed and I'm feeling like shit. And he was like, no worry. You could go. Sorry that happened to you. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Next time I'll be funny. Bye. <laughs> that is truly the worst thing I've ever heard about. Right? And this isn't even a heckle. Like this is like I was being a- assaulted. I mean, that's truly, like, the worst. Like, the fact that she was Native American. <laughs> Native American. How many Native Americans are ever around, first I mean, of all? Truly, and and like, someone I call drunk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just, like, she, fuck, you make fun of her haircut. She has cancer. Cancer. How could I have known you had cancer? You have this fucking weird undercut thing happening. Like, And also, to be a cancer patient that's, like, doesn't have a positive outlook on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, anytime, like, you're, you're like, you, I've met a cancer person, they, like, generally have a pretty good positive, like, you know, like, a, a firm, like, understanding they're, like, facing death or they're, like, gonna make it or, you know? Yep. Not this lady. Not this lady. <laughs> she was like, kill me right now. I was like, kill me oh right now. God. Fuck. So it was so, it, it was That's very dark. interesting. It's so dark. And the fact that it only happened within the nine minutes of my set. Really made me feel like uh, like extra punished by the universe. And it's one of those things where it's like pride really comes before the fall where like I've been having a string of really good shows because I've been like booked and busy and blessed. So now I'm like it gets to this point. And after Tien and my show, I was like, do, 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 do. Sorry, guys, I have to go do a set. I'm so sorry. I got to run. Oh, and then- you have to grind. You know how it is. <laughs> And then slam! Oh uh, That's a lesson to all of us. To that's a lesson never to all. be too happy. Stay fucking <laughs> humble, bitch. Don't ever chase happiness because it will let you down. Okay? Oh, my God. That is truly... Okay, <sighs> I, I didn't know that your set was going to be like that because now I just... Why? I actually, relative to that, had a wonderful evening on comedy. <laughs> uh, well, let me hear about it. At least I could be fucking happy about you. <laughs> Jesus well, no, I've been Christ. trying to work this new eight minutes, and so I did a all-woman... Um, showcase uh, You Joke Like a Girl at Volumes Bookstore Book Cafe mm-hmm. in Wicker and I actually did a little interview right before that about Ajima um, and so like it was like I was like feeling high I was like feeling good I was like close out the night and it was like very positive I did the eight new minutes I riffed on the top I had like three new tags out of that riff you know mm-hmm. and like talking to people afterwards because it's like all women you know we were talking about this in the episode that we lost <laughs> about like doing spaces that are like where it's POC or queer and like you, it's like, you know, I think you get people tell you not to just do those rooms because you get comfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think comedy is like that anymore. Like if you don't want to do those rooms, like you, sure you could also, but you could also go on the road still and do other types of rooms that are so friendly, you know, like you learn to be like you can you learn sort of there are some skills that you learn yes definitely but like i think comedy is democratizing in a way where you don't necessarily need to those are skills that maybe are beneficial but i don't you know mean, I, you I, mean I, yeah. need to like fight through it 
Yes. Oh, gotcha. Like, I mean, because I've done shows where in bars with like all white people where like my vibe and my uh, persona on stage, like yeah. they don't like it. Like, like, <laughs> like pretty immediately, they're like, no, I don't like this. Like, they're like, oh, really? she's not slutty. She's not slutty. She's not like, you know, have, have you done black rooms? Yes. And I do well, though. And I do well in black rooms. Yes. Yeah. I do better in black yeah. rooms than I do in white rooms. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's because of like a certain level of like they are delighted by like just, oh, you have this energy. Like I am familiar with this energy. Yeah. And like. White people, I think, if depending on, you know, what type of room you're doing, mm-hmm. I feel like they have no idea what this is. Like, our energy is so, so Aggressive. queer, so POC. <laughs> like, it's very, like, specific, you know? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's an affront. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's like an assault. Like, they're like, oh, I'm like a person they would avoid at a party, and they, like, feel bad that they paid money to see me. Oh, my and, God. Like, and it's true. It's like, but I don't. I could win them over, sure, but then mm-hmm. I'd have to do three hack jokes to sure. get them to my point of view. And I don't want to waste that time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I get that. You know, like I have eight minutes. And so yeah. like I'm not I'm not trying I'm not looking to do that. And if there's and, some And nowadays half there's half no minutes, like um there's no romance in like eking it out on the road. You know what I mean? True. Like I, I I want to do the road because I I just my own ego I want to be able to kill in every room. Yes. You know, I don't want yes. I don't want to be a comedian that's only alt or like only yes, in a yes. second story loft of a used bookstore. You know, like I don't <laughs> want to be that comedian. Yeah. Although there's nothing wrong with being that comedian. It's just yeah. me personally, I want broad appeal. I'm network, you know, yes, like I, you I'm, are. A, you I'm are. a broadcast comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's like it's one of those things where I will. The um, I was talking to Shannon Noll, uh, a comic in Chicago. They were listening to a podcast with Tig Notaro, mm. and Tig was saying that the idea of the grind and the way that we stereotypically know of it as comics, and I think even as Asian people, like you work hard, you grind. Like that idea itself is patriarchal, because mm. yeah, like it is because like the presumption is that most of this most of the people that are doing quote unquote the grind are white male or right. male and they typically have somebody at home doing shit for them their mom is buying their pants and socks like someone is taking care <laughs> of things at home you know yeah, yeah. And even like writers rooms where showrunners are male they have wives who are they have a whole full ass life right and a family that someone else is caring for them and sure. like Tig's room, for example, she was saying that like everyone goes home at five because Tig's uh, got kids, you know, it's like and the, the work doesn't suffer for it. Right. You know, it's like a this a delusion that like what's Tig's room the her show. Yeah, I think it was called Mississippi or under something. a rock. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 sorry. Sorry. That's her scripted show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has this new show on, I think, YouTube or Funny or Die called Under a Rock, where... Oh, where she, like, guesses who this person is? <laughs> yeah, because she has it's no so idea. Funny. Yeah, no yeah idea. it's It's so funny. It's perfect. Yes. And it's so, like what I saying, wish I thought of. Yes, she's yeah. great. She's great. And, great. like, so she was saying that, like, that idea itself... So it's like, you know, I think there's a part of all of us, and, like, you and I particularly really caught into that idea because, one, as, like, you know, sort of, like, classic type A, like we love a goal, we love an action list, we love a to-do, you know, mm-hmm. we love a, like an objective 
a way of saying that I did this well. Yeah. And it's very Korean like, of us. Very Korean. And so like the thing is, and I've known this with my parents and you know this, my, my parents work, there's this idea that if you work hard, you will be rewarded, right? Mm -hmm. And my, um, a lot of like immigrants believe, like that's a very conservative idea. Like immigrants can't also believe in this very deeply. And it's like my parents were, have worked their ass off for 30 years and have literally gotten nothing for it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so tragic. I mean, like that's like, Same that's with the my fucking parents. reality of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like they've literally go, have gone nowhere, have never spent more than like $500 on like anything aside from a car, you know? Like, Do you feel more yeah. pressure because of that to become successful? Of course. Right? Of course. That's, that's, I think that's what really drives me is that if my mom came here and was like a second generation Chinese doctor or something like that, <laughs> I would be like, oh, cool. I could be frivolous and, you know, do I'd whatever the artist. fuck I want. I could yeah. be an artist. And, and you wouldn't feel this pressure to kill in every room. Exactly. And us too, we decided to um, pursue the arts, but still in this very type A business way because yeah. we have to succeed or else the immigration has been wasted. It's a, It stakes. Yeah. But the thing is, like, the grind itself is this idea. So, But that ultimately also makes something that makes us happy makes us unhappy. <laughs> so, like, I've been, I've been trying to, like, balance myself in that way. Like, that if the grind is patriarchal and not necessary, then how am I bringing more joy and bringing more quality and so that I'm receiving more a higher return on investment, time and and talent wise, you know, and like that has really made me reevaluate what I put up, when I'm going up, and how I'm going up. Like that's all shit that like like my ba emotional bandwidth is very limited. So like I I find myself being more selective about things and being kinder to myself about not going out, even though I, I you know I'm still hating myself all the time but like <laughs> I've, 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 I'm just saying like the grind itself and the idea that like, you just put your head down and you work your ass off like you should lift your head up every once in a while and make sure that you're making progress and that you're happy you know because I think that like so many of my friends that like I know work you know you know this like work 60 70 hours consulting doing whatever the fuck they're doing mm -hmm. they stick their head up and they realize like oh is this even what I want Oh, yeah. I have friends that are like, they stick their head up. They're like, I have a second child. What yeah. happened? Yeah. They yeah. don't even know their children. And that's like the thing. You have to be present for that. And the only way you can be present for that is like, I think to not, that like the work and stuff like that only suffuses, should suffuse you with like more purpose. Yeah. And should give the things that give you purpose, like enhance that. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's a funny thing. Because I, I mean, because last night I had a good set. I felt like I got things out of it and then I wrote um, a bunch more stuff after I left the set that's mm -hmm. kind of the ideal right as opposed to doing that's great you yeah. started this story saying that you had a bad experience <laughs> and you were I like did, well compared of. to you I mean, like, it was so really good chunk, but this is chunk. all good <laughs> there was a chunk inside my set that's like very new and I'm figuring out some of the beats because I can't figure out the rhythm of it and oh, okay. it's because I wrote it this is the this is the downside because I'm not. Oh, thank going God! Out. I was waiting for the sh other shoot to job. I'm like, when is this story gonna turn? Because all of this sounds like fucking bragging. <laughs> yeah, I, um, talking about hubris. Um, no, no, there's like a chunk that I can't figure it out because like I just wrote it. So like you know when you write stuff out and you can't figure out how to you want to say it necessarily. Yes, instead of, of the context of a set. 
So like I've been working out this chunk and so it's like about my IBS and it's like getting some laughs, but I fuck I keep fucking up the rhythm and there needs to be there's like this thing I wanna work in, I never get there. Mm. So almost every single time I do it, people come up to me and again, no one ever says good job or very funny. <laughs> they just say they give me advice on how to not have diarrhea. <laughs> That's crazy yes. because I've been trying to work an IBS angle too. Yeah, truly uh, parallel. Uh, truly parallel. Um, but I haven't <laughs> been able to get it because most people, when they hear IBS, they immediately go, "Ooh," you yeah, know, like. Yeah, yeah. So it's already you're like climbing uphill. Um, and <laughs> this is how you know I did a women only room. Everyone was very empathetic. Everyone was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, are you okay? Have you tried oatmeal?" <laughs> Again, no one said I was funny. This yeah. girl just came up and like literally, this is all she said to me: fiber. So much fiber. And then she gave me the name of a supplement and then walked away. <laughs> You're Did like, not even cool. ask me my name. Did not yeah. say anything who she was. Just gave me the name of a supplement, Celium Husk, and then walked away. Wow. Brightening your life, but actually not adding to the joke at all. No, not no. at all. And also, I really needed some validation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. Okay, we're we're going to take, take a, a quick break and uh, figure out our IBS situation for a little bit. And we'll be right back. We're here with uh, Stephen Yun. Stephen, thank you so Please much. Please welcome Steve Yun. Stephen Yun. Yes, and plays Glenn on the hugely popular. Stephen Yun. You've been complaining uh, that there are a lot of, what would you say, Asian guys out there who claim to be mistaken for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, that's a common, is it a complaint? Uh, for me, it's, okay, so sometimes people will come up to me and they won't know if I am, so they'll, they won't really ask, but then if they do ask, I typically don't want to lie and say I'm not because I want to once and for all be like, yes, you're right. The one Asian guy you recognize is the Asian guy that you thought it was gonna <laughs> is be. Is the actual yeah. Asian guy. And we don't all look the same. But like you get now people you have people that send you pictures that say I'm tired of like getting mistaken for yeah, you. Yeah, but it's doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like the one yeah, Look, so I think we have a picture here of uh yeah. <laughs> I have to say I don't he doesn't that? look like you. You have to say he doesn't look like me at all. Like it looks nothing like and me. He can't even you he can't, can't go out in public. He can't go to the mall. That's why he's dressed like that. He's trying to shop and people yeah. are bothering him. It's it's wild. People will come up and like I get mistaken for you all the time and I'm like you're 55 years old. <laughs> I'm like or you're like a 12 year old girl. What do you talking about? <laughs> and it's like once and for all we don't all look alike. <laughs> That's what I'm here to tell you. This is my issue. Yes. Hi, we're back. All right, so this is the part of the show. As you've noticed, if you've been listening from the beginning, uh, but if you've just joined us since episode 101, which it's like kind of our second season, we've made some <laughs> aesthetic changes um, to our show. We're taking some breaks. We're having some music betting. And uh, our second um, you know, section of our show is news topics that we really uh, need to share with each other and with you. 
It's so true. when I I just want to clear up when I'm like looking up and researching news news stories about Korea, Korean Americans, etc., Asian American diaspora experience, I'm usually looking at the things. There's a lot more nowadays. I remember when we started this podcast, it was really hard to like find news items about Korean Americans. Yes. But nowadays it's like way more. There's way more. And I think it's because of the um I don't know. This is anecdotal, but because of uh Hollywood and media landscape changing for Asians and Koreans, I think yes. this editors of news organizations are probably greenlighting more stuff about us. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe, I'm not sure. Uh, also, the political situation there is a little like more fraught with the oh, yeah. administration. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, like, um, it was kind of crazy. Like we started the podcast and like immediately North Korea was in the news. Oh, my God. I mean, North Korea's always been in the news, but like the Kim Jong-un North yeah. Korea really started ramping up because of, well, we started right after Trump's inauguration. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so um, for the past few weeks, we've been talking about the um, the Japan and Korea trade uh, spat, if you will. And uh, a few weeks ago, because of, um, you know, trade re- relations really kind of breaking down between Japan and Korea, South Korea, that is, Japan started to curb uh, all these different uh, exports that they were uh, freely trading with Korea, mainly um uh, materials used in the chip industry, like semiconductor chips, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they've removed Korea as a trusted trading partner. And uh, and K- Korean ec- economists were like actually very scared. They were like, "Oh my God, what are we gonna do? Uh, you know, we use a lot of our Samsung stuff in there, our TV, our uh, electronic stuff. Uh, so what's gonna happen?" And what did happen is that, uh, ironically, this is a quote. Uh, by an economist, uh, they said, ironically, we feel that this tension rather brought in a positive implication to the Korean economy, albeit small, meaning that Korea started um, boosting their own manufacturing uh, and has encouraged domestic production of these uh, little semiconductor parts and chip parts that goes into your phones and also started relying more highly uh, on China. 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 Uh, which I'm not, I don't, I'm not too happy about, to be honest. <laughs> we are full on a conspiracy podcast about China. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say I hate Chinese people because I don't. I have a lot of Chinese friends, sure. but China yeah. as a, uh, as entity. a government and yeah. as an entity is alarm bells for me. Yeah. Nefarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> nefarious chi they yeah. are it's scary because the, the introduction of huawei the 5g network into korea is the first move into controlling all of korea's database Those and communications is the king. yeah it's true. yeah so I, I it's getting scarier but it is cool i guess that japan doesn't have this kind of strong arm foreign trade policy uh uh, you know, powers over Korea, which which makes me feel cool. I was like, okay, we're more uh, autonomous than we thought, yeah. which is great. I mean, it's 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 like it's Japan is like um, when I was younger, I would like threaten friends about like, oh well, if you do this, and I'm gonna walk away, and they're like, yeah, okay. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> and I just what? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I really miscalculated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you felt so stupid. <laughs> they were like, good, finally, we got rid of her. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, we told you if we. <laughs> yeah. She made her own bed. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'll sleep alone in this bed. <laughs> uh, it's true. Yeah. No, and really, there has been not much effect at all. Um, no. Th- this article in the in Bloomberg also says that last month South Korean exports to Japan fell fourteen percent. While imports from Japan slid 23%. So South Korea's trade ministry attributed Yo. decline to in- industrial factors rather than trade curbs. Um, so, yeah, Japan's in this kind of weird limbo situation. I'm starting to feel a little bad for Japan in the global landscape just because they're getting fucked over left and right. And, it's true. Uh, and they're not having kids anymore, so their labor force is shrinking. Yep. So there's a lot like it feels like Japan is like leading humanity into its downfall, especially with the Fukushima uh, reactor going down and all the like um, residual effects of Mm -hmm. poisoning. Like, are we going to see the next iteration evolution of humanity come out of Japan? I mean, they sort of are. They have been the harbinger of a lot of things in like postmodern society like it's like it this is like they because they are an island because it's so small and it's sort of the same thing with korea it's like yeah you get to see what american colonialism does <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what that hath wrought baby and the it's long like, term of it yeah this mm-hmm. is what this is what like aggressive unfettered capitalism does to mm. societies that are not built for it you know yeah and like you might argue humans aren't you know you should be you should only reach you should like you know people shouldn't be more than like six seven or whatever like our skeletal structures can't like really handle it and you die early like gigantism you know it's like not good for you oh six foot seven yeah some okay, shit like yeah. that like there's like a point in which it's like after that your knees are just fucked you know i'm and five foot eight and my knees are fucked i don't know, I know. what's going on <laughs> i'm five foot one and my hips kill me <laughs> But that's what capitalism is. It's like it's just not good for you. It's like just it's too much not. of it. It'll fuck you up. Yeah, there's a there's a limit to um, how much greed can be rampant in our daily lives, and mm-hmm. then it just I'm sure it's a diminishing return at the end of the day because like what are billionaires really doing? Securing futures for what? For whose planet? Exactly. I mean, truly, I've like I was thinking about that today. I like I have such a fucked up relationship with money. Like, oh my I god, love it so much. Me I too. Love money, like I love if, money so fucking much. And do you love money? Do you like hoarding money? Do you like spending money? I love spending money. I love spending. I okay, spending money. Okay, top three: spending money, orgasming, or eating something good. Yeah, at the same time. No, you got to rank it. You got to rank it. Which one? Which Ranking? one comes first? Yeah, orgasm. Spending money food. on something that you're like, oh my god, this was such a good purchase. Like orgasm you got a good deal on food? it. Yeah, I would say spending money first. <laughs> or... <laughs> okay. <laughs> eating. <laughs> eating food. Eating good food. Eating good food, and then orgasm. And the or- me too. I think I yeah. would do the same. Yeah. There's nothing that makes me happy. That's why I think maybe that's a Korean thing because you know how like. When you were young, hanging out with your Korean friends, uh-huh. would you like take turns buying for everyone? Of course. Yeah, they got so Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, on yeah. me, you know. And there's like the, power yeah, I, in I, that. I, you, I like. I love to hit people with money because of that. <laughs> like coins. <laughs> yeah. You're throwing you know, change. You're like, yeah, like when you when people are like, no, I'll like you know like I'll buy, I'll buy. Like they'll hit people's hands with the credit card uh, or like yeah, the yeah, yeah. money. You know, they're gonna mm. spend it with. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I love yeah. doing that. I mean, I, I got some that. money last night from the set I did, and <gasps> I just 
counted it over and over again. I love touching money. I love feeling it. I love counting it. I love the feel of it. I'll put it in one pocket. I'll take it out. I'll put it in the other pocket. I love fucking money. Me like, too. I, I love it. And the thing is, it hates me. Like, it's really... <laughs> Money does hate me. Like, Money <laughs> hates me too. It just won't stay. I won't stay. And I only, I work so hard to make sure it, it comes back and it always fucks me. It's like truly, it's a dysfunctional relationship. I've been saying <sighs> this mantra, money flows freely and easily to me now. And I am starting to like reconstitute my mentality over money. Mm -hmm. uh, and my mom always said when I was young, don't ever let people borrow money. Don't ever borrow money from people. Give it freely, take it freely. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I've been trying to get into flow with the money and trying not to like have ownership over it, but just mm -hmm. to ride it like a wave. Oh, yeah. I give away money. Like I give away money so much. I give much. away money all the time. Like I, yeah. I'm very – I'm whenever I get money from comedy, I give it away to all my ba uh, ba baristas. All <laughs> over the place. Like I'm like, and my bar, the bartenders, like they all feel that love. Yeah, you know, you are and very like, generous. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. like just because that's like how. What did, I didn't like the thing is like for me it feels like it, this is a gift, you know, like right. the universe. Like I, it's this it's isn't mine. Free. Yes, this is. But not that's mine. why we're not. We don't get rich. The <laughs> rich people, they have a good. They don't like to spend. Yes, they, they, they get free stuff and then they hide their money. That's yes. how they become rich. It's true. And I, that's how you understand we have immigrant mentality because we love to fucking spend. We're consumers. Yeah. That, my <laughs> my uh, Eric's uh, parents, Minnesota white parents, came to stay with us and his mom called me a consumer. And he was, she was like, you're such a consumer. And I was like, I've never been called a C word before. You know what I mean? Like she had such vitriol <laughs> calling me. you call it the C word? The C word. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Ooh, you're such a consumer." And then we were out, we were out like hanging out. And um, you know, they never pay for anything, by the way. They're just like not those those kind of parents. So and they then, just sit there at the they just like when the check comes, they just Yeah, they're like, "Well, I got a burger, so I'm going to put in." Like they're they're so I don't even understand. Isn't that crazy? Like, I, so how it, does the meal end? I don't understand. The meal ends <laughs> and then we all divvy it up. And, and then we just and in, then I I get pissed off because I'm like, "You should have fucking paid for this." But um, or like, because I mean, I don't understand. Like if a meal doesn't devolve into a fight about who pays for it. Yeah. That's or did crazy. you even have a meal? Did you have? I know. Like I had, that's like part of the meal. That's the dessert. Right. Like my, that's the sweet end of it. The, the digestive. Yeah. Like the, the tugging, tugging at the bill. Yeah. Tugging yeah, yeah. at the check on both ends. <laughs> like, nah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's usually who's the oldest, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's a status thing. It's a power thing. And uh, for them, a, they yeah, don't... It's a, it's a status. It's a show of respect. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. And this is this is this will lead us right into our second topic today. Nunchi. Nunchi. You got to have some nunchi, folks. That's, you got to have nunchi. And like people... Okay. And I can hear screams of Korean people listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's because, someone in a car driving through Oklahoma going, yeah! <laughs> because if you're listening to the podcast, nunchopsa. Nunchopsa. <laughs> I've been told I was I had that nunchopsa so much. So much. That is like one of life. the main chats. Like, kaburo and nunchopsa. Kaburo, don't nunchopsa. Don't kaburo. Yeah, yeah. 
It's truly like so. For those of you who are don't know what this is, uh-huh. it's um like the actual literal thing is, I I I'm re- like measuring measuring your like measuring with your eyes or I measure I guess is the what the this article is saying. It's right. in the an op ed in the New York Times in the NYT. The term Nunchi is in the New York Times. <laughs> Yes, Do you know how true. fucking that's monumental for us? And and, it's, and she is saying the article. The article says it's the Korean secret to happiness and success. Oh wow! And she's the the little tag underneath the article is with Nunchi. All you need is your eyes, your ears, and a quiet mind. Damn, that's ah, some Confucian shit. That's cool. <laughs> I love that. But it's like basically just means reading a room. That's reading the is. room. Yeah, and we've just told you two ways in which we neither Peter nor I learned to read. <laughs> <laughs> it is odd because you and I, to Koreans, we have no nunchi. None. But to whites, we have all the nunchi. Yes. And maybe it's because we have learned through comedy how to read a room. Because I'm very good at reading the room. Mm, you are. You really are. I'm very. I'm like almost hyper aware of everyone's status in the room. Always. I would call you skilled <laughs> at that. Would you call me a nunchi ninja? Nunchi ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would. I wouldn't have thought of it, but <laughs> it's true. Like yeah. I. That that's it's so it's like basically and the thing about reading a room very specifically about nunchi, as it relates to nunchi and Koreanness is that it's about how you conserve the room like mm. in what way and like you take a beat you read the room and you assess how you can be helpful mm-hmm. you know it's like you, you have to take a moment and a beat and be quiet and listen mm-hmm. so you can understand and in the last episode we talk about how what bothers us about white people is that they have no nunchi. Zero like nunchi. They, they do not help out in a kitchen when you re- go to oh a party. Oh my God. This it is such a nuts. horrible thing that I have realized with white people is that they are so polite that they don't want to help in the kitchen. Because they They're, don't want to intrude on space. Yeah. Meanwhile, Koreans, we just pick up the dishes and we figure out where to go. Yes. Wordlessly. You know? like, yes. We're like a, a colony of ants. <laughs> It almost comes off as impolite and rude because we transgress yes. those kind of boundaries in white culture. But like in Korean culture, if you're not in the kitchen, if you're not trying to help out, if you're not doing something like yeah. to help with the event and the gathering, like why aren't you wordlessly just opening up cabinets, seeing where they have the bowls? You know what I mean? Like Yeah. <laughs> or like setting the table or wiping something down. Like you're just sitting there. Yeah. It's very odd to me. Uh, like Eric's okay. parents, we cooked them breakfast twice, and then you know, uh, and they stay with us three days. So two out of three days, we're cooking breakfast. Not once did they come in like, "Can I help with the coffee?" Or like, uh, you know, like, "Should I do dishes?" You know, like when Korean people go over to each other's houses, the you know it sucks, but the women, yes, you know, and hopefully now progressively the gays yeah. are going into the kitchen and having our own like little feminine talk time yeah and we're doing the dishes we're putting stuff away you know that's our time while the men are out there like you know what doing what the fuck men do but (laughs) hopefully that's hopefully that's all changing but it's the idea who cares if it's at the kitchen or the living room or in the yard or whatever it's this like idea of collectivism where we are 
plugged in as part of a larger unit. Exactly. That Americans and Western whites don't understand because this idea of individual worth and freedom and value and liberty Mm -hmm. is so sought after that we forget that we are part of a larger community, which is why our oceans are fucking filled with plastic. It's true. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's the thing is like there's both sides to this because like also the sort of American idea of self-driven actualization, like that mm. stuff is also good. Like that means that you are also b- being self. My mom always, she my mom. The part about my my mom that's kind of cool is that the thing that she really latched onto instead of Americanness is yokshim, and uh, she really greed. wanted yes, she really wanted me to have more yokshim, because mm. like as a woman specifically, mm-hmm. like she's like you, there's no place for in Korean culture for women to have a lot of yokshim. That's actually very true. I was going to say the individual freedoms has is what brought out civil liberties and suffrage movements yeah. and gay mar- marriage equality, trans yeah. rights. That's exactly it. So that's the other – I mean, it, arguably, it's it's almost more important. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, because, um, I mean, like, hierarchy is less important. But, like, it's right. – because it's all about that status and understanding rules inside of, like, a social environment – I mean, that's uh-huh. the reason why so many Koreans are like, they're very polite. Yeah. And it's also like what we said about this idea of grinding that it feeds back into patriarchy. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It feeds back into status rules. But I think if we could find a like queer smashing of this <laughs> and uh, understand uh, collectivism where you're not feeding back into patriarchy, but you're feeding into like who's in charge here, mm-hmm. who like who's home is it who whose turn is it to speak that kind of stuff or who's how do i uh, encourage a, a more um friction a frictionless uh, a dynamic in this group setting mm-hmm. i think a little bit of that nunchi within the like queer revolution would be would be helpful let's have a more harmonious a har- har- harmonious um interaction that enhances the lives of all you know, yes. like that's like, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, like I, this is my I'm truly like making a motion that are like out of my hand, all, out of my fingers sh- are shooting all these rainbows and it's like making a heart. <laughs> Most harmonious for all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. With, with that, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, definitely check out that New York Times article on Nunchi. It's very, very cool. It was on the in the opinion section on this last Sunday, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Check that out. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Once we dug into the material, once I um, saw what he wanted me to play, uh, it was... In the, in, not just in hindsight, but even during the experience, I realized that I was learning something along the process, um, as I do in most cases, but to have your guide be Director Lee is pretty incredible. And so um, just living in a moment, living in a story, living in a character, and living in kind of an emotion that he's trying to encapsulate um, was really, really wonderful for me. I will say personally, I didn't really think that I would have much to do in Korea. I didn't really feel like I wanted to go there and 
pretend as if I was a Korean, full Korean national and um, as if I could be an actor there, nor did I really want to play a lot of Korean-American foreigner roles over there. Um, and also, I'm American, so it's just I wanted to thrive here. But I think when Director Lee calls, you say yeah. And I think when Director Bong calls, you also say yeah. All right, we are back. back. It's time for Kick-Ass Koreans, y'all. All right, today I have a, a very interesting pick for for someone like me, because you know how I hate organized religion. It's true. I am adamantly against uh, the idea of Christianity or Christians mingling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But just the um, just any type of organized, structured uh, religion, it tends to corrupt. Mm. Or any organization tends to corrupt, especially with men in charge. But <laughs> this guy today uh, that I'm talking about, his name is Reverend Suki Kim. He's a 67-year-old pastor. Uh, and he's a buksanim, and he has a very interesting story. He was in, in the business world doing really well in Korea, and uh, he got sick. And when people get sick or they're about to die or they go through something traumatic, uh, they tend to turn to spirituality and God. So that's exactly what he did. And he became a pastor and he came to America and he was like, OK, I'm going to start this new life and uh, spread the gospel. But turns out like there was just not that many people interested in him. <laughs> to, to to be a boksa. You know, there's a lot of boksa names here and he's like, yeah. well, I can't really speak English. So he and his wife um, were looking for a home and then one day he got a call about um, a Korean uh, inmate in a prison in California and he drove up to the prison to talk to him and it was the first time this guy, this inmate, had anyone supporting him because he was shunned by his family, as a lot of prisoners and inmates and con, ex-cons or whatever tend to be very shunned by our community. We yeah. just don't want we them don't around. They're like they're, they're a blemish. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like and mental illness, mental health. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So he was like, okay, there's a there's a need for me here. And right after he talked to him, he uh, was. Uh, requested by a mom who had a kid in juvie and uh, he went to go talk to him and and basically talked to the judge on his behalf saying listen they just immigrated they're in a rough spot you know could you just be please be lenient I'm consulting him I'm you know like he's talking with me we're, we're rehabbing and the judge gave him six months less That's of great. a of a sentence as a juvie. So he was like, oh, okay, I think I found my calling. So since then, he and his wife, both in their 60s, late 60s, have been traveling up and down the state of California visiting penitentiaries and in, uh, and inmates, 35 state prisons and six federal penitentiaries since he moved here. Wow. And yeah, and the church and Kim's prison visits were initially funded by, you know, operating a thrift store and, and an alcohol and drug rehab facility. But now it's being supported entirely by donations and an, and an annual benefit concert. And uh, for Incredible. all of that work, yeah, annually, they, him and his wife earn a combined salary of about $70,000, which is really not much. It's yes. very little, yes, yes. but um, for, you know, like a reverend and his wife who's on the road a lot, I'm sure that's, you know, it covers the bills. Yeah. yeah but yeah. yeah, I just thought this was a very cool um, 
story because usually like with Korean Moksan names, I'm like very triggered. I'm like, ugh, no. You know, like, <laughs> y- y- why are you driving a fucking Lexus around? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, it is, there's just something about, I mean, in that last episode, both Peter and I talk about getting arrested and like being like a part of, like the, oh a bad, a, quote unquote, bad kid. Also, yeah. there's like all of the church Asians and like Gangpe Asians, there's like a very big, crossover there you know it's very strange like you'd go from church to like smoking blunts in like you know where everyone's it's very hip-hop it's very black culture too (laughs) because we at least me and my friends in middle school we used to throw the n-word around Uh like uh we used to call each other n-i-g-g-a oh wow because we we thought that was cool first of all and secondly different time yeah it's a hor- it would never fly today. But no. it didn't fly then. <laughs> in 96 <laughs> it did not fly. But we thought we were like so um counterculture. We looked at black culture and hip hop culture and we were like, "Oh, that's us." Felt ownership. We didn't, yes. Yeah. Yes. We had no we had no no one else to turn to. We didn't like leave it to Beaver and Full House. That wasn't us. No, no. You no. know, like it was fed as American Dream, but the reality was we were closer to our black neighbors mm-hmm. and Hispanic neighbors than yeah. we were to anyone else. So it's we true. adopted that kind of culture and that culture also in the black community it's very god focused Mm -hmm. they're all christian yeah and they all still smoke blunts and gangbang (laughs) not all black people but poor blacks you know that we hung around with it's like it's definitely like a thing i mean it's very bizarre like because i don't think because there's like an upper middle class korean that has no that like their access to it and their it's just like they go to church too, but it's just a very different after church thing, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 They I go just, to church to like show off their new Mercedes yeah. Benz. And like, yeah. I just, I, I remember that it's like, that was a thing, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like kind of bizarre to talk about and think back on it now. I don't know if like a, the Asian gangster exists anymore. Does it? It's like I there's bet a hip hop Asian. There's hip hop Asians, but like a Gangpe Asian? It's like I th- think there's still Gangpe Asians. Yeah, I think there are, especially in there's still poor communities. Anytime there's a poor section of the diaspora, there's gonna be gang violence. That's true. Racket- this is true. Racketeering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know because they're they're gonna they're gonna be people who have to live, you know, uh, under the, the radar yeah. outside of law, and then there will be people who will definitely take advantage of that. It's true. <laughs> you know, they're they're undocumented and they can't go anywhere, so they might as well be the police for them. Yeah, I mean, that has, I mean, yeah, that's a big part of uh, and, and, immigrant and, culture is like getting right. swindled by somebody. <laughs> by your own people. Yeah, truly. Like, I mean, that is 100% accurate. We all, we all have stories about that, which we'll talk about at another time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my kick-ass Korean is Reverend Suki Kim. Uh, there's a LA Times article uh, about him cool. and his wife, and it, it, it's very interesting. It's well-written. Uh, it's written by a uh, a journalist named Victoria Kim, who's a staff writer, staff writer for LA Times. Go so go check out her article. And check out her other articles. She writes a lot of things that are specifically Korean uh, and Korean American experience based um, globally and locally. So please check her stuff out. Cool. Okay. So yeah. my kick ass Korean is very much in line with that. Her her name is Yunhee uh, Hong. Yunhee Hong. Uh, she's the writer of the Nunchi article in oh, the NYT. Okay. And she nice. is a Korean American journalist, author. She's written three books. Uh, a novel called Kept, A Comedy of Sex and Manners. Um, the Ooh. Birth of Korean Cool, How One Nation is Conquering the World Through Pop Culture. 
And uh, the the new book, which is coming out, is called The Power of Nunchi, The Korean Secret to Success and Happiness. And it's going to come out in 2019. So she, Oh, my God. She's a New Jersey. What, in 2019? Like in like a month? In like mean? a month, yeah. She's co- <gasps> it's coming. That's what the New York Christmas presents! Like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we should we read do. that. We should. We and need then, it. Yeah. yeah, we need it. <laughs> but she was born in Jersey. Uh, and then at 12, she's one of those that like went back to Korea. And she went to oh, um, wow. a very fancy Seoul foreign school, SF, uh, SFS. SFS. A lot of my college friends went to there. Yes, very fancy. Yeah. I, you know, we all, people that are listening who know, know. And those of you know, who don't know, now you know. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but then she came back. I mean, she's like living the fucking fancy Korean dream. Like she went to. Yeah, her family had money. Yeah, yeah. They came, she yeah, came back, yeah. she went to Yale, all that shit. But the thing about her, why I'm picking her is because. She is someone that has been afforded all the things, and now she's talking about and bringing to light Koreanness. You know, she's re-examining mm. it from her very unique perspective. You know, and especially among people in our generation, Peter, like this is this is she's people we know. You know. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like talking about her Koreanness in such in a way that like is interesting. And she's like the girl that I want to be friends with, mm-hmm. but I just don't have access to. Right. I, this is you a girl I, mean? I would have been enemies with. <laughs> <laughs> she's too fancy. She no. I think it would have been like we would either been best friends or like she would have been a rival in my AP US class. <laughs> <laughs> Different time, Very different funny. time. Different time. <laughs> the '90s were weird. They were. But like, th- this is the type of Korean um, women that I am interested in befriending. Oh, 100 percent. Like, if, like that, um, like the group of women that I um, met at that wedding that I officiated, yes, not yes, officiated, yes. that I emceed, all smart, all cool, all Korean American, and still hanging out with other Korean Americans. Love. But have evolved into this like second gen, third gen kind of identity love. that I'm that I'm obsessed with. I can't. I just I I love it so much. I'm so into it. I can't. This, they yeah. wear interesting clothes. Yes. They have. They. You know what I mean. They have like cool reference points. They're like yes. the fucking coolest people. The coolest people. They're omnivorous. I, I am, omnivorous. They have a little bit of everything. <laughs> they eat everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Exactly. And I I think this is exactly why. You know, you and I really love doing this podcast is because we get when else were we going to in our like daily milieu of comedy and being alive within our own lives? Where are we going to seek out other Koreans that are doing cool stuff? Never. If not for this podcast, I don't know. I don't know how I would find other Koreans, you know, like being in the comedy world. Even finding you was such a fucking kismet like experience. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, Yuni Hong, check her out. Um, I'm so excited for this Simon and Schuster book to come out. <laughs> Simon and it's, Schuster, one of our favorite yeah. publishing houses. Would love a deal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Um, Peter and I have an idea for a book about Nunchi, but like not having any. It would be yes, called In yes. Search of Nunchi. And <laughs> I love it. ISO Nunchi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have any plugs for the people, for the children? Uh, um, yes. Tonight I'm going to be eating hot sauce at the show called Spitfire, where I just take shots of hot sauce in order yeah. to get more time. <laughs> Hopefully this will be uh, stitched together and come out in immediately. Time. And yeah. then, or uh, Don't Tell Comedy at 8 on Saturday, which is a show where you have to like DM for details, that sort of thing. 
Gotcha. Okay. Um, tonight, if this is coming out, 8 p.m., if you're in L.A., uh, suddenly stand up my monthly show. I will be hosting uh, the headliners, Naomi Ekperigan. We have Paige Weldon, uh, Dana Donnelly, Adrian Obeso, uh, Eric Lewis Baker, a lot of cool people. And then uh, Saturday on the 23rd, we're doing our three-year anniversary of Asian AF. Three-year anniversary uh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening with Asian AF. I've been so lucky to be involved. Um, and at 9 p.m., we're going to do like best of Asian AF. So I'm going to do like three minutes of stand up. Uh, so it's going to be very cool. So come on out to that. And then on Sunday, I'll, I'll be at the West Side in Santa Monica, the West Side Comedy Theater, doing LOLGBT. So come to that. Also, I have a kind of a exciting announcement. What? I uh, booked a small role in a movie. What? <laughs> what the fuck, bitch? Why would Spe- you? <laughs> speaking in Korean. What? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So the movie, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk. I, I, I bet. I, I haven't received anything. Like, don't talk about it. But it's going to be, uh, I won't say what the movie's name is, but uh, I will be in a movie with Jennifer Garner. What? Uh, from Alias. Yeah, just playing just a quick role, just a uh, just a one line, two line thing. But That's fucking awesome, Peter! Yeah! <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, oh and I'm shooting God! on Monday, Monday and Tuesday. Yay! I'm obsessed with uh, your IMDb page. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Well, um, I just wanted to put that out in the universe because you know I'm excited for it, and I'm I get to play a Korean per- a, a person that was actually written as a Korean person and screaming in Korean. So I'm I'm very excited for that. You love to hear it, you love to see it, you love <laughs> you love a scream. <laughs> I do. All right, thanks for listening everyone. Please get tickets to our live show in LA 1212 at the Comedy Central stage. Until next time. Bye. bye. bye.